I'm Megan. And I'm Christy. And if this is your first show, thank you so much for being here. We are here to have conversations of a not-so-balanced life. Our goal is to help you get past the good enough phase of life and begin your growth journey. We are a community of women for women, and we are here to navigate it all together. That's right. And today, we're going to talk about how you have to choose yourself over and over again, and there's lots of reasons why. I want to talk about that a little bit further just to give you guys a better idea. So when Megan and I started talking about this episode, it really hit home for me because I think that from an early age, just as a society, we're taught to put so much of our happiness on external factors as opposed to looking inside of ourselves for that. You know, Cinderella story is a primary example. And from an early age, we're taught that we need to find someone else that's going to complete us um, and make us happy. Or, you know, we're taught we need to go to college. We need to get right. a job. The goal is to kind of keep moving up in life. And that's happiness. And I just think mm. that. Yeah, success is happiness. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Why are the factors that society has deemed success? Like, why Why are those the things that measure our success? And what might be successful for you may not be successful for exactly. me. Exactly. The, if the world and the universe is telling me that I need to be doing it this way, then that's how I define success. But you really got to decide how you define it for yourself. Absolutely. And I think that's, I think we get into trouble when we put so much of our happiness on those external factors because they're ever changing, right? Like once you mm-hmm. make that $50,000, do you just want to stay there? Or are you then like, okay, well I've made $50,000, but now what's actually going to make me happy is $70,000 or you know what I mean? Like it's always, mm-hmm. you're always going to be striving for something else. So there's always going to be other factors at play. Whereas if you start to turn your happiness towards you. And like you said, choose yourself. It's going to be a lot easier to not be on a roller coaster and kind of be able to find happiness throughout your journey as opposed to looking for it in like the destination. Yeah. And so when you mentioned this wanting to be something that we discussed, the first thing that came to my mind in my life where I can like definitively pinpoint a time where I chose me was when Charlie was born and I quit Mm -hmm. my job and I decided to be a stay-at-home mom. That was a very, I was a career woman. Um, That was what I was going to do. I was going to work. I was going to be successful. We had a very difficult time getting pregnant. We had a very challenging five years, four and a half years of trying before we even were lucky enough to be pregnant. And then I had a difficult pregnancy and Charlie was five weeks premature and he had medical complications. And we were told, you know, if we put him in daycare, there's serious, you know, risk for complications. And so I kept him home. And, you know, my mom filled in for a couple of weeks. Like we kept him out. I tried to go back to work. I worked for five weeks. You know, we decided it just wasn't worth it. My mom called me and Charlie had laughed for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I missed it. And I couldn't be at work anymore. I waited and I fought for this so hard in my whole life. I couldn't do it. And I called Jeff. I like stepped out. She called me and I was at work. And and so I stepped out and I called Jeff and I said, I can't do this. And he said, okay. And I was very lucky that I had a supportive spouse and a supportive person to say, okay, 
call HR, get, you know, do whatever you need to do because coming back from taking FMLA, like, do I need to work for six weeks to pay for the time that I just took off? Like there were so many questions and so many things and he didn't care and I didn't care. And so I was able to get coverage with Charlie. My, you know, we are here, um, in Georgia. That's where I live. Christy lives in North Carolina and in, in Georgia, I don't have family here. We don't have friends here. We are here. I mean, we have work friends and we've made friends in our neighborhood, but for the most part, it's just us and we don't have a support system. So my mom came in from Virginia, you know, for a whole week, Jeff's mom came up from Florida and spent a week with Charlie just so that I could get through those last few weeks of work so that I could stay home with him. The interesting thing here. So how did you feel during that process? Like, did you question the idea of moving from working to staying at home just because, you know, I feel like as a society, it's kind of 50-50 how people feel about it. Yeah. So I, so yeah, great question. So I did not give it a second thought. I did not look back and I was completely confident in my decision. What I was not confident in was announcing it on social media, making it known that that was my choice, putting it out there in the world to other people to comment on my decision. Yep. For people to to judge you. Exactly. I was firm and I, you know, like I said, we tried way too hard to have him for me to be missing milestones in his life. It just wasn't worth it for me. But I think that's a great example of choosing yourself and realizing that even though like there could be people that judge you for your decision and it may be a hard decision, but it's at the end of the day, the right one for you and your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I made it um, 10 months. I made it at home 10 months before I needed to do something else. And that's when I started my business because it, it allowed me some flexibility to be an adult and still mom and kind of work that around. But it was the best decision because it's brought me here. I mean, think about the last four and a half years and, um, you know, and, and as we go through these episodes, we'll talk about all that some more, but Christy, I'd love to hear um, an example of when you chose yourself. Which I think mine is a little bit, a little bit different. I think that I kind of did ha- did have that picture in my mind of like my spouse was supposed to, you know, like bring me happiness in a way. And mm-hmm. I think that it took us getting to kind of a a bad place to for me to realize that I really needed to take control of my own happiness and not be so not put so much pressure on my spouse to you know, fulfill me, complete me, like whatever that term is. And I think that was really me sort of taking control and choosing myself and recognizing that like I needed to take control of my life and figure out what happiness meant for me. Yeah. Well, and I think what's interesting is the decision that you made, you made it for you, but it's really worked out for the both of you, right? Absolutely. I mean, haven't you... Yeah. Haven't you found that? I feel like in this case, it's like what goes around (laughs) comes around, right? Like you made, you made the decision that this is what we're, I'm going to do, but it ended up being a decision for the both, you know, for the both of you and your growth together. Yeah. I think it just kind of worked out that way because I think that, you know, I focused a lot on finding happiness within myself, figuring out who I want, what, you know, what I wanted out of life and, and then just kind of started putting those pieces into place. And I think I just was super lucky in the spouse that I have because he was willing to grow with me and kind of Mm -hmm. recognized. I see. And I think I still struggle with that. Like, I don't really know what it is I want to get out of life. I just know that being a mom is what I look forward to every day. Well, and I, I don't think you have to have an exact end 
destination or goal in mind. I think you need to understand, okay, what are my values? What are, you know, what are those top three to five things that I value? Mm. And then look at how you spend your time. Am I spending my time in those areas? If not, then I probably need to look at my life and realign it a little bit. If I am, then great. Things are probably going pretty well. And I think I... I have taken that sort of mindset forward and almost yearly I will run through that. I love that. So is that something that you do? You said yearly. So is it like every January you kind of run through it or is there a set time or is it just when you feel yourself kind of losing the grip? What's the the barometer for that? So normally when I start thinking about my word for the next year, I will run through several things uh, just to make sure I'm kind of remain in alignment with with what I value and kind of where I want to spend my time. And so normally I will literally write down my values because values will change. You know, they don't necessarily remain the same throughout your life. So it's always good to go back and just look at that and say, yes, th- these are still the things that I, I value the most. And then, so I'll list my values. I will then go through and list, okay, what are the top five things I spend my time on? Work, family, oh, meal planning, yeah. like what are working out, whatever those things are for you. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, let me look at that again. Look, let's look at the values. <laughs> for me, it's like Netflix, audiobooks, kids. <laughs> you know, like that's that's my life right now. <laughs> but, you know, and, and it's gonna be different for everybody, but yeah. it really helps me to write it out. Because sometimes you're spending time on things that you don't really think about until you write it down and you're like, oh, wow, okay, I'm spending 70% Mm -hmm. of my time on this thing that I actually don't even care about or that I hate doing. So you do that every year. And so for those that are new to the podcast, we have talked about it before, but we do a word of the year every year. Um, It's something Christy started about six years ago, five years ago. Six years ago now, I think. Six years ago, um, we plan to have a word of the year episode to talk a little bit more in depth about what that is and how that can propel your growth forward. So I wrote, I, I was, as I was thinking about like, how did I go from point A of sort of putting lots of my happiness externally to sort of bringing it into myself? And I think the, the three things that I wrote down that I started working on, and you know, I'm not perfect at these things, but I started trying to remove expectations that really didn't matter or that weren't necessarily my expectations, but they were those societal norms that, you know, had gotten in your head, but you Mm -hmm. don't actually care about. So I started working on that. I mean, you know, still not perfect. I feel like everybody has some expectations that probably shouldn't, but you just can't get rid of them. Right. I started quieting my mind, like through meditation, yoga, um, just doing some of the retraining your brain exercises. Like if I got stuck in negative thought loops, working through those. And then I also, I feel like one of the biggest things that I did was really started focusing on the good that already existed and stopped focusing on some of those negative things um, where I could. You know, sometimes some of the negative things just tend to stick out a lot more, but so having a gratitude journal or at least some gratitude practice. Yeah, I love that. So I've actually just started a gratitude journal um, because of, of the work that we're doing together. And it is, I, I don't know why at the end of the day, thinking through the things that you're thankful for helps me have such an easier night sleep. Because mm-hmm. what I used to do is 
sit down and go through all the fails of the day, all the things I didn't accomplish, all the things that I like thinking through it, like I didn't make it to the grocery store today, or I reacted badly to a a kid situation, or I was mean to my husband. Like I would just go like through, okay, tomorrow I got to do better at these things. And that was the list I was leaving myself with. And then I wouldn't sleep. So what I've started to do is instead make a list of the things that I'm thankful for and that I'm grateful for and that I did accomplish. And those are the last things I think about before I go to sleep. And it really does help me sleep at night. I think that's brilliant because how many people get stuck in those negative thought loops at night when they go to bed? Because that's when you're kind of quiet and you Mm -hmm. sort of internally start reflecting. And then you get in those negative patterns of all the bad things that you did throughout the day, right? Um, So I tend to do my gratitude journaling in the morning when I first get to my desk. And I don't know why, that's just when it works for me. But I love that you do it at night. I think that is awesome. And I feel like that's a huge takeaway for you guys listening. Like that's, if, if you have problems quieting your mind, maybe try a gratitude practice and maybe try it at night before you're gonna go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so when you say journaling, you have an actual journal with prompts for yours, right? Yeah. So, so I just got, well, not just got, probably. <laughs> she has like 12 different journals. Who am I kidding? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. But so I have, I have a gratitude specific one that does have prompts. It's like the six minute diary or something like that. I got it off Amazon. It's good. It's a great little first thing, but I think moving forward, I will honestly probably just use a blank notebook and write That's what a I, few things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause the, the thing I like about the journal is that it asks, you know, like, what are three things you're thankful for? How are you going to make today? Great. Like what's a, a, a yeah, cool, if you don't a have cool, a place yeah. to start, I feel like that's it, it giving you prompts to say, these are things you should think about. Yep. I, and I'm going to be like a hundred percent transparent or a thousand percent, hundred percent transparent right now. Um, I actually don't, it's not a notebook. It's a Samsung note in my phone that mm-hmm. I, cause I'm like staring at my phone before I go to bed anyway. I know that that's not a good healthy practice and not something that you should do, <laughs> but I do. And it's a habit and I can't break it. So instead of playing a video game or scrolling the internet, I open up my Samsung note and I write myself a couple notes. If you are not doing that now, yeah, I agree. It's a huge takeaway. Maybe that's our challenge today for everybody listening to to begin some type of gratitude practice and then tell us how it's impacting your life so we can share your stories because that's part of what we want to do here is be able to share other women's stories also. So email us at hello at intentionalasamother.com. So I will say this too, part of you choosing you, I've had to implement um, a rule, a law for myself. (laughs) So (laughs) I challenge myself every day to do one hard thing. I could do 12, I could do 10, but I have to at least do one. And so for me, because of my, my brain and how I'm wired and how some days that could look like just taking a shower someday, you know, some days it's scheduling doctor's appointments because I find making phone calls to people (laughs) very stress inducing. And I need just that one like hard and fast rule. Do you have any like hard and fast rules that you like live by to choose you daily? So I would say, generally speaking, I try. I feel like right now I'm just surviving oh. in this single parenting life until the husband gets home. But sure. <laughs> uh, I, I think normally for me, it's trying to find some time for some self-care. And for me, that looks like either 
finding time to do my gratitude journal and maybe meditate for a few minutes and potentially get in a workout. Um, Because I feel like if I can do those things, that tends to really help me. I feel like meditating is one of those things I roll my eyes at. And I, because I can't sit in silence. Like, so I've tried to do like the apps, like the calming, like music. I can't do it because I just, I laugh. Like I'm ridiculous. So I have a story (laughs) that sort of catapulted me into being more interested in meditation. And when I started my growth journey, I think it was maybe the second year that I was on it. I got to a point where I just was stuck and I felt like I was plateauing and I couldn't figure out what the next step was to kind of propel me forward. And I was throwing it out to the universe like, hey, help. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do next. And I, so I used to travel for work somewhat regularly and I got to the airport And I was flying Delta at the time and I was sitting there and I found out that I had been upgraded to first class for my flight. And I was like, hmm, that's freaking awesome. Not going (laughs) to turn that down. Right? So I ended up sitting next to this older guy and I do not generally, I'm not going to start a conversation with you on a plane. This is pre-COVID too. Like this is, this is yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, this was like 2016, 2017. When it was, time you frame. know, you were allowed to talk to people in, in public. <laughs> so I sat next to this older gentleman and he started a conversation with me and I was like, okay, well I'm here, whatever. I'll chat with you. So we're chatting and again, very different people. I don't know that I would have. <laughs> well, and I was even annoyed because I don't remember what book I was reading, but I was reading a book I like yeah. wanted to read. So I was like, oh man, but We had this amazing conversation and he was talking about, you know, what he did for work and how successful that he had been. And then we got into like why he was successful. And he started talking about the idea of manifestation and manifesting the things that you want in life. And he attributed a lot of success to taking time to meditate for just five minutes in the morning. And I was like, hmm. And so... The reason that was super weird, yeah. you know, it was one of those like woo-woo <laughs> moments is because the idea of manifestation had kept coming up in different ways in my life. And finally I was like, all right, maybe there's something to this. Let me start trying, like, let me add some of these practices wow. into my life. So, you know, if you're like <laughs> Megan and you want to roll your eyes at I, you my know, woo-woo things. just genetic. <laughs> like I can't help who I am. But, you know, hey, to each their own. If that works for you. Rock on. Like, there's no judgment. No. Nope. It's just, I don't know that I am comfortable enough in my own head to meditate. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it has it has helped me a lot. I don't, I am not always consistent with it, but I find that when I am, I am more able to just have a clear head and I think I feel more sure of what I'm doing and where I'm going. Yeah. Okay. So that's another good takeaway. If you've never tried it, give it a shot. Let us know how it works for you. Or if you're like me and you roll your eyes, we haven't asked Christy and it's, it's (laughs) me. I have, I haven't asked Christy. I have been thinking a lot about this and I am struggling with telling Jeff, my husband, why I am so tired and I need a break. It's like, it's really hard for me to explain the the mental load that I carry for our family and why, you know, at seven o'clock, I am just ready to check out. A lot of us, especially moms, I don't know, I can't speak for dads, uh, maybe dads as well, but I feel like especially us moms, we carry such a large mental load that m- 
you know, most people probably aren't thinking about besides other moms. So by the end Mm -hmm. of the day, have you taken any time for yourself? Have you done anything for Megan or have you just done? (laughs) No, because I take time for myself after my kids go to bed. Like that's my time. And I think you do. I think that all the things we're thinking about and carrying, it's a lot. Like let's just list. So the mental load of for your household, you're thinking about your kids' food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, probably, doctor's appointment, yeah, groceries, getting them to school, yeah. deciding where to send them to school. When to use fluoride toothpaste, when to teach to spit, like, are they meeting milestones? Are What's they- our routine? Right, exactly. Do they need haircuts? Do, you know, do they have clothes that fit for the winter because seasons are about to change? Do they have jackets that fit? Do Like, it's just, it's a never-ending cycle. I feel like I could keep going. So we had Mai on an Instagram Live. She's a, a friend of yours. She is a business uh, coach. She's a well. She's a woman, a women's coach for achieving goals. And we do plan to have her on with us um, on a future episode. But there was one of the things that she said on that, which was make a list of your mental load and share it with your significant other. And so I made, it was probably two and a half pages of everything that's in my head. And then I had the best three weeks because I was able to share that with Jeff and like he was able to take some of it off the list and and I had the best three weeks. But I'm back in this, okay, I'm back in this. It's really hard for me to explain what's going on in my head. I am just tired all the time. So going back to our Ask Christy, so my question to you is, what do I do now? Do I do that again? (laughs) So I, I feel like if you've already done that, which so there's a book also that my recommended, it's called Fair Play. Megan probably has I it. Do but have it, yeah. um, the so if you're struggling with the same thing, that could be a, a good resource. But I think the biggest thing you can do is to be open and try to honestly communicate to your spouse. But I think the key here, because I feel like it may turn into, well, I do all these things. What do you do? Or and so your spouse starts yeah. to feel bl- you know, either like they're not doing enough, like you're attacking them. So I think definitely want to open that line of communication and start the conversation, but try to do it in such a way where you're just saying, this is how I feel. I, I will say I have gotten better at that. I've not always been great at that, but I have in you know probably the last year, I've worked really hard on making sure that when I am communicating what I need, I do it in a way that I'm not going to be upset when it doesn't happen, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So I was finding myself getting trapped in this, oh gosh, why didn't you pick this up at the store that I never asked for? Why can't you (laughs) read my mind and and do these things with the kids or, you know, whatever. And I I kept getting really angry at things that are outside of my control. So I have a really good example of that. My oldest is seven. When he was the second, or no, the first Mother's Day that he was actually in the world, all I wanted was to be left alone for like two hours. That was all I wanted. Did I communicate that to Brandon pre-Mother's Day? I did not. I was hoping he could read my mind. Sure. Um, And I have... And when when I didn't get that for Mother's Day, I was pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody that knows Christy that like has like epic amounts of patience, but when she is pissed, it is bad. (laughs) It takes me a long time to get there. We had moved like four times. I don't know, maybe it was two or three, but it was a lot in like a year. My husband was working a ton. I was working a ton, and. I had just didn't have time for myself. By the end of the day, I felt like you did just touch. I did not want anyone else Mm -hmm. to touch me, talk to me. Don't even look at me. Yeah. (laughs) So when that didn't happen and I was angry about it and Brandon couldn't understand why I wanted that versus spending time with my family on Mother's Day. And 
it took a lot of open communication. And it, it, at the time, I did not do a good job of explaining it. So I'm sure he felt probably attacked. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> but, you know, I think that it's important to be able to speak to the things that you need. And that's, I have been doing a lot of work on that. So I read um, Nidra Tawab's book, Setting Boundaries, Find Peace, or Set Boundaries, Find Peace. I have Peace. that one too. So good. So Nedra. good. And after I read that, I did really start to realize that like some of the things I was doing, I didn't realize it were passive aggressive because I was expecting someone to understand my needs without actually saying them. And nobody's a mind mm-hmm. reader. <laughs> no, but I, I could tell you, like if I were looking at you, I would totally know what you need, right? Because women talking to other women, it's different. For some reason, I'm not sure why it's different, but it is when you are, when I'm like looking at my sister, I know well, what she needs. Nobody has to tell me she needs some water, she needs coffee, whatever. Well, and I think that comes down to to the fact that you and I are both empaths, so we can feel people's emotions Mm -hmm. a little bit more. And I am a helper by nature. So I am like looking to help you with whatever need you, you know, so I feel like it's a little different. But I think when I started realizing that I couldn't expect someone to read my mind, and I just needed to say what I needed or wanted, that was a game changer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't even know what I need. Agreed. Agreed. You know, I think that's what's hard (laughs) is I can't tell you, you know, like there's no magic answer right now. I just need to think. (laughs) But I think think it's okay to say that too. And I think that just saying, if you're in this example, if at the end of the day, what you need is just time to yourself, I think you just have to be honest and say, make sure that your spouse knows you still love them and you value them being there. But that because of all these other things, you have to step away before you can come back and, and give more of yourself. And I have found that when I do handle or mishandle a situation and I am confrontational or I am maybe a little passive aggressive, simply apologizing and recognizing that that wasn't the best way to handle the situation. What I meant to say was this, I'm working on it, like acknowledging that that there is a better way to handle this than I did. And I'm really sorry that I didn't this time. I feel like that goes a long way. Jeff's been super patient with me through all of this. And I, I feel like there are mornings where he's like, who who are you? <laughs> like which which Megan am I gonna get today? Because it's like a toss up. Uh, but I I feel like we're in a place now where it's like mostly good times. Most you know like we're it's like a mostly positive, um, and that's super important for us to continue that. Absolutely, and I think that just there's a quote that I think we posted or that I posted in the stories recently and it's the idea of awareness not perfection. And I think that it's hard not to try to strive for or at least for me for the idea of perfection. But I think as I've grown, I've realized that a lot of times just being aware of the things that you're doing and how it's affecting other people or even how it's affecting yourself, that's the goal because you're never going to do it perfectly every time. So you just have to be aware. And then like Megan said, sometimes that means you need to apologize later or you you need to say, I'm sorry. A lot of times later for me, I tend to run hot. Like I am hot first and then I think after. That's where my kids get it. (laughs) They're definitely little Megans. Poor Jeff. (laughs) Okay. What Christy was mentioning our stories, that is if you are on Instagram, go ahead and follow us at intentional period as period a period mother um we t- do post pretty regularly comments and stories and we do lives with people just as we're sharing them here through the podcast so follow us if you'd like to hear some some more do we want to do a thought for the day yes yeah let's do that let's do a thought for the day 
I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it where we started. So we're we're coming full circle back to the beginning of this. And I think just the idea is that it it all starts with you focusing on yourself and choosing yourself. No one can do the work for you. You have to do it for yourself. That's right. You have to take the first step, and the first step looks different for everybody. Do some di- deep diving, deep digging. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like either one of those terms, but look <laughs> inward and find something that that you can identify that you want to change. And that's how you start your growth. All right. So we are so thankful that you've listened to us this week and we hope that you continue to choose you regularly. So follow us on Instagram at intentional period as period a period mother or email us hello at intentional as a mother.com. We are going to be launching our website soon. Hopefully by the time you're hearing this, it's already launched. Give it a shot. www www.intentionalasamother.com and we will have some resources available online for you as well. So we hope to talk to you again next week. Bye. 